overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. We already did this once. Yes. Uh, take two. <laughs> yeah, take two. Take two is always worse than take one. We, we think we think it's going to get better. No, we should have just gone no, with it. I do not think it's going to get better. I think it's going to be much, much worse. Well, <laughs> we lived up to that expectation. I feel like we have. Okay. Laura. Yes. We've been working on our promotion. Uh, yes. Our promotion for the fall kickoff women's ministry brunch. Yes, we, we said that we would do some sort of announcement. Oh, I hit the mic. Um, we would do some sort of announcement, and I would not classify it as going well. No. I would I would not use the word good yes. about what we have been doing. Yeah. Um, there's been some workshopping, and um, the workshopping is not going well, that's it's for sure. It's not. No. It's not going well. Uh, this the, How many times before we started this podcast did like we meet to talk about this podcast with like an empty piece of paper and then end with like an empty piece of paper? I, I don't, I mean, I think if we ever started with an empty piece of paper, we definitely ended with an empty piece of paper. So, but I really can only remember doing that at the very, very beginning. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just saying it was, it was quite a bit of... It did not go well. There were quite a few conversations that weren't really productive. We could not be writers for any kind of funny show. This is, this is why, I, like, my mantra for us has always been, like, let's just see what happens. Let's mm-hmm. just, like, like, let's just hit record and go. Yeah. Because of... And we've seen now what happens. We know <laughs> the answer to that. <laughs> And it is not It's solid gold, baby. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Anyway, we're super excited to be a part of the Women's Ministry Fall Kickoff Brunch. Yes. August 20th. The right thing. August 20th. I think that's right. Uh, Laura and I are getting to host slash MC-ish Embarrassment of Riches Live. And so we're going to get to interview several guests and kind of talk about their stories and how how their stories sort of intertwine on a, on a kind of central theme and we're super excited about it this is the first time that we've done it in definitely two years there was something a little bit smaller scale last year this year where we are um, the church is really excited to have it back and and kind of want to make it a big to do so it's going to be at an event center in Plano um, with space for 150 women and to we attend. expect it to sell out and not, and by sell out we mean ticket out I it is free. It is free. It is a free event, but you it does require a ticket. Correct. So uh, when you start seeing announcements uh, at church and there's sign-up tables or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or registration online or however they're going to do it, um, you want to go ahead and you want to go ahead and do that. It's August twentieth, so put it on your calendar because it's and happening. And I, I I will say like this this event. Um, I went to pretty early on when I first started going to DVC. Um, and 
there were people I met there um, that became friends. So I wasn't I wasn't very involved at the church, and there were people I met there um, that are still my friends, and I still remember making connections and talking to them Name at the one tables there. I don't have to do that. Molly Dykstra. <laughs> okay. Molly Dykstra is one of them. <laughs> I just like to put you on the spot because you occasionally do She's in me. the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, Molly Dykstra. Yeah, I've heard of her. Um, okay, good. So that's so I just I just want the people to know it's a real story. It's a, a generic, real story. Not a generic story. I will, I'm just going to um, shout out different names throughout t- this episode when as they come, they come to, to me. Okay, yes. perfect, perfect, perfect. But we have a special guest tonight. Yes. It is Abby Mullaney. Yes. Hi. And um, we are super excited to have you tonight. Um, for you get to do more reasons. than just sit there and listen to us talk about the women's brunch. It's fun. <laughs> it's reminding me. Put that in my That's calendar. Right. Put it in the calendar. That's right. Uh, so Abby just reminded Laura and I that we actually first met her at um, Alicia Pearson's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Now, how are you and Alicia friends? I was uh and that was probably 2019 it was quite a long time ago it feels like yeah uh my husband and I were doing kindergarten and first grade Sunday school and Keith used to always drop Holland off and pick her up but one time we were walking in and she was like I've heard about you Mm -hmm. I'm Alicia and then uh just became my friend Mm -hmm. and we got coffee sometimes in the middle of the work day love it hope we can start doing that again soon Mm -hmm. but um yeah so okay well that that's fun so she reminded me that we met there but I really remember like having engaging in conversation with you last summer when um you were at baby dedication and then I think that's when we started talking and yes um I heard that one, I don't know if it was on the podcast, it probably was on the podcast, but you had said that you're a seven and Kyle's a nine, and I was like, I relate to everything you just said about the trip I think you were talking about. I'm like, I have done this, and you were like, in church, you were like, let's get coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, please, So you relate me. to this on a personal level in, about, in yeah, your marriage? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. I, what, I, what, was, what were we talking about with the trip? I don't remember. I think you might, I don't really remember all the details. It was just like, or maybe it wasn't a trip. It was some kind of like decision that he was like, meh towards you, towards the decision. And you were like, yes, I'm doing it. And he was like, I didn't really want to do that. Oh yes. Oh, oh, I I know exactly what it was. I think I was talking about like, uh, buying plane tickets for him, maybe. I think yes, that's and I was that just bulldozing like him, and, and the plane tickets were for him and him alone. Let me make that clear. <laughs> um, and then I purchased the tickets on his behalf, but for my preferred time, not his preferred time. <laughs> I think I believe that's what it. I believe that's what. Oh, it and was. he didn't appreciate that. He didn't. Oh, weird. But also, he's often yes, or he's often no to my yes. Mm-hmm. Um, one year I remember joking with him, sort of joking and sort of not joking that like maybe his new year's resolution that year should be like to be more like of a yes person, like to just like for his first response to be yes. And that I would make my first response be no, like, or wait. Mm. And, um, when I suggested that to him, he said, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That feels very true. He was trying. He shifted a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So anyway, Abby, yes. 
I already know some of this because you and I have had coffee and chit-chatted and talked since then, but um, for our listeners... And for me, I really don't know much about you at all, and I'm excited to learn. Yes, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you came to faith, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so my name is Abby. I was born near the Chicago area, and I grew up there. Chicago. Um, Yes, so... Tell us um, the name of your hometown. I, Tasca. Yeah, I... I am a little bit, or I was a little bit worried about like having a little bit of a cold because I was like, oh no, my A's aren't going to be as strong uh-huh. on the podcast. No, and my husband was like, podcast. on the podcast. He's like, you are never getting rid of those A's, yeah. so don't even worry about it. So <laughs> they are there um, to stay. Yeah, it's funny. Um, even when I say my name at Starbucks, like, oh yeah, my name's Abby. They're like, Gabby? Is that a G? Is that not a G? I'm like, whatever. Just, I'm, I'm just I'm dying here. The I want to, I, I want to out Abby that like when I saw her the, at church the week after, um, after we invited her to be on the podcast, um, your husband like outed you as like the super fan and he's like, Oh my gosh, she's so excited. She immediately called me. Aww, I did. I, I felt it. so excited. Cause I feel like I've just listened to it since the whole time I've been at DBC, like here and there, especially when it was like someone that I knew or had mm-hmm. met. And I was like, I was just hoping someday that I would be cool enough or interesting enough or friends with these people that they would have me on so yeah he was like please take her for a night yes no we're (laughs) so excited what's funny is um I'm like I've looked through my whole friend list and guys I mean my whole friend list like the people that I'm like friends with at DBC like on Facebook like outside of the women's ministry like I've literally asked I'm gonna say every single one of them pretty much I was looking because I was because we were we're like we're trying to fill up. We, we thought we were going to have like a cancellation later this this season, and so I was like digging through the list. I was like, "Who can I ask?" And I was like, "I I mean, I've essentially run through my list." So when we ask you guys for um, recommendations, we really mean it because yes, we please. really have run through the list of people that are like that people that are our friends the already. People that are willing. There yes. are some people that give you a face, and you're like, "Never mind." Never mind. <laughs> yes, but we pretty much asked people. We pretty much asked everyone we know. Um, mm. So, uh, and don't take that 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 means we didn't want to ask you. I'm just mm. saying we no. we we do. And so, uh, and and then once once I ask you now, part of it could be that some of those people once we ask them, they do become our friends. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back to your back to you. life. Oh, okay. yes. So um, Itasca is a really small town. It's like straight west of Chicago. And if you blink, you miss it. But um, it is pretty densely populated. So um, I went to a normal high school. But I don't know. It. I guess I wouldn't say normal for here. I guess it's like the opposite of like a Plano where they mm-hmm. divide people into like Plano East or central mm-hmm. or whatever they're called. I had like seven towns into one high school. Oh, wow. So that felt very, very big. Um, but it's the same town my dad grew up in. And so his friends are the teachers there and mm-hmm. you know, people see me walking on the street and they're like Don's daughter, which is great. I have a great relationship with my dad, but I was like ready to leave Mm -hmm. the nest because it was just like, I was a good kid. But if I was ever to not be a good kid, everybody would know about Mm -hmm. it. 
because so they and you just don't want to always live in that shadow you kind of want to yeah I was like ready to yeah exactly so um I went to college at Indiana University that's where I ended up meeting my husband and that was a great time but uh I graduated a little bit early and was just trying to figure out where to go, what jobs were out there, and recruiting was really big at IU. So I just tried to, like, shotgun approach, apply everywhere, and I got one bite, and it was here in Dallas. So I was dating my husband at the time, and I was like, would you ever move to Dallas? And he's from northern Indiana, an even smaller town than mine, and he's like, sure, I guess. So I moved here alone with our dog, and... Yeah, that was really hard, but so that was in 2018, and yeah. Were y'all engaged at the time, or were y'all just No, not yet, but I told him don't move here unless he saw that future, and I wasn't trying to force him to propose to me and then rush all this stuff, but I was just like, if you move here and we only have each other, it's going to be really hard if we don't end up getting married, so that was a good bet. Our dog was also a good bet. We got her in college, and my mom was, like, so mad about it. She was like, you guys just made a 12-year commitment to each other, and now I joke about it because I'm like, it's forever, Mom. <laughs> so <laughs> I win. Yes, we are thriving. The dog is thriving. It's great. So how did you how did you come to faith? Um, so kind of like my high school, I guess I'll back up a little bit. I went to a Lutheran uh, grade school from preschool all the way through eighth grade, the same one my dad went to, of course. But, um, so we were members there, always there on Sunday for Sunday school and church and did confirmation there and everything. So it was one of those schools, which I don't know if this is normal. Um, they did like perfect attendance and then perfect church attendance and you would get an award for perfect church attendance too. Or if you missed a day of school, you still got the church award. So that was always like, really fun competition. (laughs) So you got the awards. Y'all were there all the time for church. Yeah. Um, not always school. There was always something (laughs) that came up, but yes, the church award was important. (laughs) So growing up, you just kind of felt like faith was part of your life. It, yeah, it it never felt like an option to me. And, um, I, I always did youth group too. I thought that was, honestly, our youth group was really fun. Even people from other churches uh, would come to our youth group from on seven Wednesdays. seven different schools. Uh-huh. Yes, all the seven towns, and we would gather on Wednesday nights and play dodgeball. <laughs> I don't know why uh-huh. I hate dodgeball now, so I don't even know if people still are allowed to play that. But <laughs> oh, gosh, um, I hope so. <laughs> you say dodgeball, you hate it. I'm like... Can we play dodgeball as a life group? I think think I'm a little bit scarred from that. But yeah, you're right. Maybe as adults it would be fun, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. seems like people can get hurt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I definitely did. So when when did you feel like your faith felt real, like a choice for you, not not the faith of your family? Yeah, I think going through confirmation, which I don't know how many – either denominations or churches still do that. I know it's common in Lutheran and like Catholic faiths. I don't really know too much about others, but that felt like the very formal, I am standing up here taking my first communion and I am repeating the creeds and stuff. And, um, I really like prayed through that with memorizing the catechism and, um, the creeds and the meanings and all that. I felt like I need to know this. And then I would pray about it. So I felt like that was a lot of ownership. So I was 14 at the time and then kept up with the, the rituals of everything through high school, just like 
the Wednesday and the Sunday rhythm was like always a part of my life. Um, and then when I got to college, I think it was harder for me to get plugged in, um, not having a car and having one Catholic church on campus. So I would go to the Catholic church, but I also like felt out of place because it's very back and forth, but there's no paper. Like my church had the paper with the call and response. Mm -hmm. So I felt a little out of place there, but so it was hard for me to find a church that I could regularly go to without a car and a community that wanted to do that on Sunday mornings Mm -hmm. at a big school like that. So, um, is that just a densely Catholic, uh, I don't think so. It's just the only one, like, I guess it's like a square. Yeah, exactly. Walking distance. So once I, um, got some friends who could bring their cars to campus, I could kind of get with them sometimes, but you know, I felt like at their mercy. Um, so I felt like a lot of going through the motions then until really my senior year where I was like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I felt like I really like surrendered and prayed about it a lot. And so I don't know if that's like two big moments, but I think that was like where in my adult life I realized like there are choices I can make that put me in a position to follow what God is telling me. So. And that's when the re- it felt like a, a real relationship that you were listening to what he wanted you to do and checking yeah. in with him about big decisions. and Yeah. And it also felt like, okay, I believe if I believe this is true, how am I living my life? What are the words I'm saying? Who are the people I'm surrounding myself with? And I felt like that didn't really click that those things should all work together until I was like, however old I was, 21. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So then I felt again, kind of like embarrassed that I didn't make that connection sooner, but also yeah, like, at the ripe old age of 21, <laughs> you hag. What a fool. <laughs> well, I just felt like I've always believed in Jesus and had a relationship with him. But then it was like, I don't know. I think that passage about being a lukewarm Christian like really hit me mm. at that time in my life. And I was like, I can't be lukewarm, you know? So. Well, I think I remember, I mean, I feel like there have been a series of those moments in my life when, you know, something we pr- I pray for my kids is that, God would be real to them, that Jesus is real, that this is an active part of their life. And it does, for for my childhood, I don't really remember not believing in God and who Jesus was, is, um, but it felt very cultural to me. Yeah, My faith felt very cultural that this is what my family does. We go to church, we talk about God, we pray before meals, um, and, and my parents did, did the things that we're doing with my kids. Um, but there had, there had to be a point where I, I chose it because it reflected what my heart was doing and what God was doing in my heart and not just a reflection of what my family believed. Yeah. So that's, I, that sounds like that started happening for you later in college. Yeah. When you realized, I I like how you said that all the things you realized things needed to work together. Yeah. Can, can you think about a time maybe in early, like, like your early life, like adolescence or college where, um, where, you, where you felt like the, like the struggle where like you needed to rely on your faith or a time since then that has, that has like kind of. Where, where you felt like you really were waiting for God to show up. Where the rubber met the road. Yes. <laughs> and if you have, um, and, and if, and if you have one from both, you can tell us both. Yeah, I think, um, 
a repeatable theme that I've seen in my life is just like with relationships. And so I think like in high school, you know, every, you know, boyfriend relationship feels like so important Mm -hmm. or, um, so hurtful if it's ending. And so I think one really hurtful thing was like the end of a relationship in high school. And I just felt like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go, I'm going to have none of my friends anymore. Um, so I think that was really hard to be like, God, can you show me that I'm going to be okay? And that I can just have you and this group of friends that's still friends with this other person. Like, I don't, I don't need to put my whole identity in them or if they still want to be my friend or not. Can you just help me realize that you're enough and, um, get me through the rest of the summer before I go to college and everything. So I felt like that was like one really, actually that was the end of high school. But now that I'm thinking about it, I've had a couple instances in high school where friends groups fell apart or it felt like very personal against me. And, my mom was always just like turn the other cheek kind of person. And I felt like I needed God to help me turn the other cheek. Did you feel like there was like a lie that you believed or? or Yeah. I think the fact that it happened multiple times in high school and in college. And even as an adult, I feel like friend groups fall apart or I don't feel like people are following up with this one's falling apart right now. (laughs) It's done. You're You're like after trying to record promotional videos. It might. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, time is going to This is a ticking time between you and I, Laura. Just watch it. I think I just started believing that, like, if I don't show up enough or do enough or say the right things or I'm not fun enough, like, people don't need me or want me. Not even need me. People don't want me to be around. And I think that was just – that made me start putting up a barrier on what um, I believed people's intentions were with me even just friends or even family too is like, okay, yeah, whatever you're saying to me is just in one ear out the other. I never really believed that people meant what they said. It always was about actions for me, which is, I think what led me to think like, okay, if I believe this about my relationship with God, I would act this way. So I think that was all, you know, God working, you know, to Mm -hmm. form me. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's a pattern I've seen. Yeah. That you have to do, that it's works. Yeah. That, and, and I think the, I mean, and I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you, but <laughs> I do please anyway. do it. Here she's we go. She's not trying. Let's, she's just doing it. Just jump into the deep end. <laughs> do um, but that your identity is in relationships with other people like that. And that if, if y'all's relationship isn't okay, then you're not okay. And I feel like I've walked through some of that to just, when a relationship ends, I, I kind of go into a lot of self-loathing and maybe over ownership, maybe some accurate ownership, but just that piece of myself that could make, I guess maybe, I don't know if codependency feels a little strong, but that I'm so, I can get so wrapped up in my self-esteem coming from other people instead of where it's supposed to be from. Yeah. I think that's true. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> for me too. Yeah. And what, what about, what about beyond college? Well, can you, uh, can oh, you tell sorry. us a little bit just about like your husband and because you're from a different demographic than we are. And I would, I feel like your marriage is younger and that some of our listeners might be interested in hearing about just kind of how y'all met and dated and, and that 
that relationship and how. Yeah. So, uh, at Indiana, there is a bike race called the little 500 and I won't go off on that tangent, but I became a member of my sorority's bike team and it's the cycling community is just huge in Bloomington. And so, um, I had a group of people that I was friends with in my sorority, but I would say because I was in a sorority, I met these bikers and the biker, the bikers were my people and are still my people. Um, so during spring break, a lot of people that ride for this race, it's, it's philanthropy based, but it's also a huge competition and it's just really fun. But the people who are really serious about it stay for spring break and practice on the track um, with these single gear bikes. It's really, really, really fun. But um, sounds like a blast. <laughs> I could go more into it, but it's called the Little 500 and it's a bike race that has four people on a team and you trade the bikes over a hundred laps for women and so 200. are you like a share the road kind of person? Um, I am terrified to ride out here. So I actually have converted to running <laughs> because I am really, I'm afraid that I'm going to be hit by cars here, but it's a little bit more remote in Indiana. Because Texans don't share the road. Well they do not share the bikers. road. Well, and suddenly the bike lane ends mm -hmm. and it's just, what do you do then? <laughs> That's right. So, anyway, so they're, yeah. they're, you're practicing on the track. It's really, really fun. It's amazing. Everyone should look it up if you have time. But anyway, there was a girl on my team that was always trying to organize these social events with other fraternity or sorority bike teams. And she's like, we're having this, boys team over for dinner tonight and we're making dinner and we're like, okay, let's well, just pasta again. Um, so <laughs> my husband, college. yes, <laughs> that's the only thing we knew how to make and could afford. So my husband was on his fraternity's bike team at the time and they came over and it was just a very normal, boring night, but he thought I was cute mm -hmm. and I was like all in my head about everything. So I wasn't even really paying attention, but he just was around then. I would see him at the track. We would like mm -hmm. message on Instagram, which I didn't even know you could message on Instagram back then. He like sent me like my first. He found a way. Yeah. It was like the first message on Instagram. And I was like, I didn't know you could do this, but it worked. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And he just was always uh, a really good friend when I needed a friend. I wasn't quite ready to jump into anything. And he was just really respectful of how much time I needed and eventually I was just like, it was months, this is over like probably seven months or so of just being like friends and talking all the time that I was like really dramatic. And I was like, Abby, if you were in a movie and this guy was right here trying to date you and you didn't ever say yes, I would want to punch the screen <laughs> if I were watching that kind of movie. So I was like, fine, let's, let's make it official or whatever. So, and then it was just, he and was then like, cool. both moved here. Yep, got the dog first. Uh -huh. <laughs> Graduated and then much moved to your to. mom's chagrin. Yes, yes. There's still a pair of shoes that I probably owe my mom, maybe two pairs because of that. So feel bad about that. So you guys moved to Dallas, or you moved to Dallas, and then he followed. Yep. After and how long have you been at DBC? I found so I moved in January of 2018, and I think I came to DBC some Sunday in January, maybe February of that year. Did you, do you, did y'all live close to the church? I lived in Uptown. Oh, and so no, not no, no. Um, I actually, I found DBC cause I worked for a mission trip company that was based out of Colorado and the hiring manager, this was like a summer job. The hiring manager went to Texas A&M and so, Giggum. 
<laughs> Did you go there? Mm-hmm. Okay. People at my work that went there, they don't say it. And I, I totally would say it if I went there. Mm-hmm. So should. I love it. Anyway, um, I messaged the hiring manager that I used to work for. I was like, Hey, I'm moving to Dallas. I literally know negative people. Uh, can you point me to someone, you know, who goes to a church? And I guess he was pretty good friends with Aaron when they were at A&M. So he said, check out Dallas Bible church. So I went, Aaron was not there that Sunday, but Kyle Martin was Mm. teaching and he's from a town really close to where my husband grew up. So I was like, this is weird. And so then I, of course, had to come back the next Sunday when Aaron was there and I introduced myself and everything. But um, that first week I met Alina Sage and that second week she said hello to me again. And I was like, human interaction. Mm -hmm. People remember me. I feel like this is the only church I need. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love DBC. (laughs) It's great. I'm actively recruiting more people from from my work. Yes. I had a friend tell me that they were going to visit, and I was very excited. I've been trying to recruit them for a couple years now. Okay, so I was just very curious about your relationship with your husband, you being a young little whippersnapper, but I hijacked your question (laughs) That's okay. I've I've come to expect it. Uh, As you should. (laughs) We are on our fifth season, so you should know by now. That's right. That's right. So I think I was just going to ask you, um, you know, so beyond that with the relationships growing up do you feel like there's been some time where your faith faith has been tested times have been hard for you yeah um I think with some of I think a lot of it is in friends I mean I know you have you had popcorn ceilings in the house that you bought I know that was really hard (laughs) you know uh I know that was hard there are like those times in my life like I don't know if I can deal (laughs) where are you God in the popcorn ceilings Okay, I ask myself that regularly. Those, you ask yourself that regularly. <laughs> when I'm in my house. God, are, are you, you in, this, are you are there, you in God? this kitchen? Are you there, God? It's me, Laura. <laughs> are you here in this kitchen from 1992? God. Are, are your uh, handles in the middle of the cabinet? Oh, yeah. Because ours still are, too. Full 90s, except for the four. Handles in the middle of the cabinet? I can't even, I don't even. It's I, horrible. What do you mean? Like, it's just not the cool thing now. Like, and you redone kitchen people. Knob is right here, and there's one knob. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Yes. That's hard too. It's it's. Very I mean, difficult. as hard as popcorn ceilings are, <laughs> maybe you have a uh, a part of your is life that, that was meat? even is more that, difficult. Is that the meat of the story? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. It gets worse. <laughs> um. A lot, a lot of that back and forth is relationship related, but I think if, if we're talking about recent history, um, and really learning what being an adult is a responsible adult, I think a lot of stress recently has been with finances and trying to figure out, uh, we both have student debt, which is always in the back of our minds. And, you know, I feel like every time we get started on that, something major happens in the house and it feels like it just wipes us clean. And it, it, and maybe it's, it's not only the house. It's really every year since we've been here, it's like, okay, we got married. Okay. We bought the house. Then we had to replace all the pipes and it just felt like we were running really lean a lot of the time. And I get why people get really stressed and those are horrible situations for families and everything. But I know this is the, the other question, but God has, 
shown up every single time for us and not like with like this big giant reward, but this faithfulness of I'm still here. I will provide and you can, you still have enough to give to other people with your energy, with your finances, anything, your time. So I feel like every time something like that happens, my husband and I look at each other and we're like, you, you, you hear God too, right? Or you see God in this, right? And, Mm. um, so yeah, I know that's not, that's not super like deep, but it's, it's something that has made me have anxiety a lot lately. And I think part of it is having a a little child too, just makes me worried about everything. And I never used to be beautiful 18 month old daughter, beautiful person that needs a helmet. Mm probably some knee pads Mm -hmm. (laughs) um just bubble wrapper yeah (laughs) she needs it I do you know I think that you like we were talking we always say this on the podcast we were talking before we started recording um that there are kind of like big trauma stories um where God shows up and then there's other stuff like that's finances are hard and Mm -hmm. and it's maybe not trauma, but it's still a way that highlights God showing up even in the little details. And I, I'm, I like that you pointed out, it's not that he shows up with loads of cash, like, Hey, <laughs> all your you problems that, are solved. Cool with yeah. It. God, yeah. if you want to do that, Praise. I will, I, I promise I'll give some to the church and a whole lot to my popcorn ceilings. Um, <laughs> but that he can show up. We were just talking about this in, um, our little, a little summer Bible study we're doing as a life group that God, God's answers, God can show up with just the feeling of peace and, and going like, we don't have to have this all figured out right now. He's going to take care of us. If he's going to, I've said this a lot of times, like if he's, if he's got the birds back, (laughs) he's going to have ours because we're more valuable to him. You know, um, I remember when I, I think there's some level of like Kyle, there's, um, Kyle, some, some of Kyle has rubbed off on me in a good way, being married to him. Uh, but I remember in early marriage when times were much leaner for us, like when I was not working or when I was in PA school, um, and we were living off of one salary that was less than half of what his salary is now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like it was lean and it was it like it was times where an extra five hundred dollar problem could break us, you mm-hmm. know. Um, that that was that was like that was really scary to me, and I loved um, like being uh, Kyle. Kyle, I think one he's just not as high strung as I am. Period. Would you say that's accurate? I think that is beyond accurate. Yes. Okay, so that's true, but also um, I think. My family didn't grow up, like, it wasn't like we were buku rich, but we just, I just never grew up worrying about money or, um, feeling like our family, like I, like our family was in any danger. Now, that being said, my dad certainly worried about money, but it's like my dad neurotically worries about money. It doesn't feel true. Like it never felt true. It just felt like he's just like, we have to have. That's what dads do. A, a zillion dollars <laughs> in savings. And if we don't have a zillion dollars in savings, like, woe is, woe is me, was kind of how he was. Um, and, and to some degree still is. Um, but 
Kyle's family, because he grew up, like, in a single-parent home, like, with a mom that, like, worked for a parachurch ministry as a receptionist. Like, it was, like, that, like, he was, like, when, when, whenever we were, like, meeting financial trouble, Kyle would say to me, I've, I've never been more rich than, than being married to you. Like, like, like this is as rich as I've ever been. Like, the, like, oh, so he meant like actual money. He, he didn't, didn't mean, mean like, like he I'm was rich, rich in love. love. That is not oh, what he, he meant. Oh, he didn't. No, he say, meant, he I meant cannot, like, when you said that, I was like, I did. No, he meant, Kyle he meant, he meant like, like we have a savings account. Mm-hmm. We are we not paid. We don't to wait mouth. till we get paid to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like he yeah. was, he was just like. And and so where I would think of like this surplus of like this ability to save or whatever as like, he he would just be like we have our needs met like mm-hmm. every month we have our needs met and um and that, and that was that was such a that was such a great place to be in and I'd like to I'd like to believe that um it's not that like our life has changed and 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 as far as our like income from when then. Um, that it's, that it's like only my attitude, but it's also like, again, to, to, in fairness, it was because it was super lean and in those times, but it, it is kind of, it, I do think God uses those things to kind of grow you to like hold open hands because, you know, even though we're not in that same situation where $500 could crush us, mm-hmm. um, like it, like it really, really could back then, um, there's still like things of like, how am I going to pay for our kids' college? How am I going to do Like, you know, like, like, like we can oh, go, yeah. like, I can get myself tail spinning down, like, that rabbit hole forever, um, except then I, like, have to remember, like, who has always helped me? Who has mm-hmm. always provided? Who has, and again, that might not always look like bukus of cash. Right. It may, and I do think there is, it's so, I, I think I've told you this before, um, still to this day, whenever I go to like Target or CVS on a shampoo, conditioner, lotion, extra stuff, I feel so thankful and reminded of what God brought us through with finances because, I mean, we were legit poor. We were, there was a time in our marriage where it was paycheck to paycheck, all of that stuff, $500 would have destroyed us maybe a couple of tearful phone calls to my parents type thing. Um, And I would get so stressed out about, I'm like, oh gosh, I have to do a shampoo and conditioner or like a lotion thing. Can I just add water to the shampoo? Yeah, I'm just going to shake. Do we need I did that dance, friend. I still do. I still do. I still cut, I'll cut lotion bottles in half to scrape the last bit out of there. Better believe it. Um, But now... Like there's such, there's some beauty in the hindsight of going, okay, wait, wait, he brought you through that. He's, he's going to do this thing. Like you've been faithful. We learned a lot of lessons along the way that were really important that I don't, we, we regularly talk about how thankful we are that we had to struggle a little bit because it made us get on the same page financially, which was an issue for us for a while. Um, it, it made us learn how to spend responsibly and say no to ourselves. Like, I can't imagine what kind of monsters we would be if, like, right from the <laughs> beginning, we could have said yes to everything we wanted. Sure. Um, just, like, I frequently say, like, if, you're, like, if your kid doesn't fail at things, just yeah. prepare, your, prepare your heart for a future a-hole. That's right. That's, 
Like, um, I mean, that's the truth. If you don't fail sometimes and you need, you need it to happen a couple of times before you're 21, we're like, boo, you really get kicked in the guts. It's awful to watch. And it was hard to live. It's awful to watch your kids struggle and fail, um, or be disappointed. It was hard to walk through that financial piece for us and, and feeling like kind of doing some comparisons to people around us that were able to do some things we couldn't do. Well, and you know, I, as, as much as I'm saying like that, there's like a open handedness that God has like kind of helped form me and shape me and, and his past faithfulness. It's not like there's not gut checks. Like when Kyle was laid off in August, 2019, Mm-hmm. I mean, that was... Yeah, I remember talking to you. That day. That. Yeah, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, I mean, I was I was in the middle... It was hard for me. I was, was really hard. sad for you guys. Yeah, well, and I, I remember I was... I remember where I was, like, on my way to get my free massage from the chiropractor because I had met my deductible that year. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which felt really bougie, although, again, it was because we met our deductible, so I was, like, just... I was going to the chiropractor every week to get a massage because it was just... It was covered at 100%. I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, um, but it felt like I'm doing this thing and I'm like, I just literally walked into the house and like home from work was dropping off my stuff and going to change. And Kyle's at the house and I, I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he, and, uh, cause I wasn't expecting him to be home. And, um, he said he got laid off and I thought he was kidding because if you know, Kyle, he also has a really dry sense of humor and sometimes says like things mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're just like, what? Like, yeah. And if what? he was joking, he probably would have said it the exact same way it, that he said it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Like it's, is this funny? Like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that it's was a funny. really, sad. that was a really hard season. Um, and it, it's like one of those things where I was like, God, what if I just, could I just learn this lesson? And then like you stop Not teaching. have to live through I it. I don't want to keep teaching. Do you yeah. have to keep teaching me this lesson? Mm-hmm. Could you just like teach it me once? And like, like yeah, like, I'll get it. I know that you're in control and you've got us, but stop, stop giving me opportunities to remember that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I and like I do feel be... like he showed up there. Of course. I do feel like that was like a really beautiful thing for my relationship with him, for my relationship with my husband. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I, sometimes I don't want to be taught. Sometimes I yeah. don't want my character. I just want to... money and not popcorn ceilings. <laughs> well, and and it, it can put it can put a strain on your marriage, yeah. even if you're on the same page. It's just stressful, and especially when you have a baby. Yeah, yeah. I'd say last year especially um, was really hard. Was uh, that with the the pipes? The Cause... pipes, because it was like, uh, it was like every time we had someone come out they're like no it's fine it's fine it's fine and then all of a sudden it wasn't fine anymore and they're like we just did a house like this for like thirty thousand dollars in Plano like and my house is not big and that's actually what made my water break and I had my daughter the next day I think it was stress oh my gosh (laughs) so I mean that was fun I got to shower at the hospital instead of like the 30 second like in and out at my house but um anyway it wasn't that expensive but you know anything felt feels mm-hmm. still like so much right now and so impactful, but I think it's given us a lot of opportunities to level set, set goals with each other and check in. And even though I hope someday we don't have to worry so much about this stuff, I hope we don't lose that communication that we have. Mm-hmm. I know that with 
adding other kids or changing jobs or going back into the office now, mm-hmm. things just get crazier. It feels like every couple months. So I hope we don't lose that um, communication. Are you, are you working in, um, in person now? Uh, or what, three what? days a week. And I feel so silly to be like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I make my daughter's lunch and I take her to daycare and then I have to get myself to work three days a week for not even all eight hours at the office. And I'm like, wow, I cannot picture what it was like before when everyone was doing this all the time. People who have done this through the pandemic and are still doing it. I just like, I'm really struggling with it currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels silly to admit that cause it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> and that's my kind of mantras. I'm just doing my best. <laughs> and so. you're, yeah. And in, in those moments when you feel different than other, I mean, I, I think that ties into the financial piece to the relationship piece to what you're kind of walking through now. It's so easy to compare. Yeah. Like we don't have as much money as them. This feels harder for me than for them. They don't seem to like me. I just all of that they stuff. They don't have popcorn ceilings. <laughs> they don't have that. How did they swing that? Yeah, this is how the other <laughs> half live, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's constantly opportunities. And that's I, that feels like a salesman pitch. But it's constantly opportunities to be reminded yeah. of what does God say mm-hmm. about who I am. And it's not in any of these situations. It's not in the result of any of these situations. It's yeah. just what he says. Because I don't know if you know this, but Jackson Worsley. <laughs> I was actually, what's funny that you're you're gonna you're saying Jackson Worsley. I was like, she's gonna tell that story. I wasn't, <laughs> but I'm saying it for your benefit. Oh, it it was a time it was a timely message, Jackson. It was. It's gonna stick with me forever, Jackson. You've impacted my life. <laughs> um, well, looking forward, what is a big ask prayer that you have um, for your life? Yeah. I think this one was really hard because I really was trying to hold myself back before I drove over here because I was going to ask my husband, what What do you think? What's our mm-hmm. big ask prayer? And I was like, no, this is about me. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so I did not ask him. Um, I think as far as what I want for our family or what I think I want for our family um, is just that we – take time to recognize when we see God's faithfulness, um, through everything. I think right now it's easy to discuss it because everything feels so big. Everything feels like God is moving fast in our life and in the lives of people around us. And I think as Etta gets older and whatever future children, if we have any more, as they get older, as we, you know, grow, grow together, grow Mm -hmm. separate, whatever, um, I just hope we don't lose the recognition there and that we can discuss it openly and share that with people around us. To pause. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were telling me to pause. No, yes. yes. No, no. <laughs> to pause and reflect. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah, I can, I can be very excitable and I don't want to get distracted by shiny things or, um, we feel good now, so we're just going to do this and, and be like, bye, God, you know, like, thanks, and then be taught the lesson again and over and over. But um, To stop and, yeah, really reflect on what yeah. he's doing. I'm great at that. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, too, because I think um, we didn't, like, 
talk about a, a real kick in the gut kind of story, but I mean, there's things that have happened in my family and in my friends' families and stuff growing up that I think kind of shaped me into this like seven personality and how I realized I was more of a seven is just when I would feel that hurt or suspect that She's hurt coming about out. the um, Enneagram. Sorry. I don't talk about it as much now. I feel like I'm you still, do, but maybe that's because oh, I do. spot check oh, the podcast. Check Sorry. So well, yes. you know, I'm still, I, I, I'm still an Enneagram enthusiast, but, um, yes. You know, and mm-hmm. literally enthusiast, but yes, so. <laughs> but it's not mentioned every single podcast. Now, Sorry. So just, yes. No, so no, 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 no. I realized I was probably an Enneagram seven when I saw these patterns of when I felt hurt from, my own parents or my friends' parents or my friends to me, even as young as middle school, I just remove myself from the situation, you know? So I think as I become more self-aware that I have those tendencies to either put the wall up or leave, you know, mm-hmm. I've picked up and gone to Indiana and I've picked up and gone here and I don't want to just have that be my life and my legacy. So I just... Yeah, I guess it's still like with pausing and reflecting. I hope that I can do that before I just up and run again because I don't think that is what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. all the time. So that's, I guess, kind of a weakness. But that um, you'll trust God in some of those hard things yeah. to. Yeah, and I think. Anchor I, down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The torture of anchoring down. <laughs> but no. Um, I just there's so many fun things to go and do. (laughs) Well, and I think, I don't know seven as well as you guys do, obviously. Um, but it's, uh, stressful sometimes. I, I, I think that you can genuinely see, um, something else fun, especially if you're in something hard right now. Yeah. Or alluring or exciting or Mm -hmm. different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think what we were talking about again um, before, just God showing up in the little details of of that kind of thing, convicting you to be really present, to um, to really stop and and pause and see what He's doing, um, and to look at how just the meaningfulness in those little things um, can walk you through the big things. So I do think that's a really good big ask prayer. Thanks. I was nervous about that one. Yeah. <laughs> we do tend to ask well, every still time. nervous. Is, is there anything that, any, anything important to you, important to your life, important to your story um, that we didn't ask about or that you feel like you wanted to share? Um. Um, I think, you know, even if you grow up as someone who always went to church and you have parents that are still married, it's never like all sunshine and rainbows. And, Mm -hmm. um, there definitely were times when I was growing up that it would seem like my parents were going that split route or that's what would make sense to me. They actually never said anything like that to me, but I would get it all worked up in my head that this is the only way this is going. And my parents are still married. They're great. They're supportive. They actually work together now, which <laughs> I don't understand how, but it's been going on for a couple years with their own business. So, um, I, 
think that has really set a good example for me because even when I got scared or I removed myself from being so close to home all the time, um, it's shown me that you don't just give up on things like that, the, the commitment to each other, but also, you know, bringing God in with your covenant and everything. Um, so I just think my parents have played a really good role in showing me what commitment is, even when to me, I'm like, I don't know how this is still a thing. You guys Mm -hmm. are still working through things. So, um, obviously there's, there's some things that I still don't understand from when I was a child and I probably don't want to (laughs) honestly. Um, but it also, I, I try to level set with myself too, that like, even if I try to be the best person ever for my child or children, mm-hmm. I'm going to mess up somehow, right? Don't we? Doesn't everybody scarred by something? So I hope yeah. it's just not that. That's another every day. <laughs> that's another day. big prayer, I guess, is just like, God, yeah, don't let it, me it, mess her up. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's less um, like, will I, will I? It's like, what, what is, what is the thing that's going to be the damaging thing that yeah, I, yeah, what level of damage am I, is this like a one or is it a 10? I know I'm doing damage. No, for but. sure. It's not zero. It's, it's never zero. It's not zero. That's for was sure. Was this like a, was this like a five on the damage scale today, Micah? Me sending you out and saying, you have to stop crying now. That's a real life example. What about the time when I told Lydia Denny that she was being toxic? <laughs> mm, mm, I do remember that also. Or when I said, how about you try to tell me that again, but this time with less emotion. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorites. That's a good one. <laughs> you do should that. write a book. I should write a book. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Shepherding those children. That's It's right. real. Actually, sometimes I share that stuff with Laura just because I'm like, I love it whenever Laura has said that. And I'm like, well, Laura's a therapist. And if she said that... <laughs> <laughs> and it's got to be okay. It's got to be sort yes. of okay. I am the standard for okay. Well, <laughs> I, you know what? One of the things that you have said to me many, many times that I think maybe a professor said to you many, mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. that like, I'm just, I'm holding on to it like it's gospel truth, but it's, it's not, it's not what you do. Mm-hmm. It's what you do after what you did. Yes. Gary Landreth. Um, yeah, and that matters, and it's, we, we are going to mess up. We're going to, we are all going to mess up our kids, and I think that's when I'm like, God's never felt more real than, and then that <laughs> I'm just meth- going to turn them that, over to you, that God. Method, um, that Methodist therapist that you sent me to, um, I remember her telling me, uh, you only have to get it, you only have to get it right 33% of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 66% of the time you can blow it. That's right. That 33% really, people are going to bank hard on that. That 33%. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And, and what, but you know, what's that I, that's, I, I should have known she was like, I was gonna, I, I was going to ultimately like her. Mm-hmm. Um, when she starts throwing out percentages, you know how I love a good percentage. You love a good made-up percentage. Made up. I was sure, like a real a, one? Sure, sure. Yes. If, if it's a made-up percentage, I am with you. Yeah, no, you've given me some good good made-up percentages that I've used with clients. <laughs> like another mental health professional told me. Right. Based on nothing. Based on her gut feeling. Because that's where all good statistics come from. Uh, uh, Mary texted Annie and I, um, like trying to, we haven't met in a while. She was trying to like figure out a time when we could meet and she suggested tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I, I, I need to take Lydia, like Lydia's leaving for camp. Um, 
tomorrow and I was like, I'm, I can't find that email, so I'm not sure what time it is, but I feel like it'll be first thing in the morning, so I should be free most of the day. That feeling is based on nothing but gut instinct and, and no actual information. <laughs> and I, I, I said that in the text message. And then later, somebody that had the email texted me and they're like, we need to drop them off at 9 p.m. And I was like, okay, what? so <laughs> I can still meet anytime tomorrow. Uh-huh. I wasn't totally wrong. <laughs> I wasn't totally wrong. We can meet anytime tomorrow. However, um, I couldn't have been wronger about whenever I was supposed to drop her It's on. like the last thing you'll mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So you you just, like, just just take that however you will. That, um, you know, like some, I was a little bit right. 33% right. I was 33% <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. I, I do really love that. Um, I, I don't th- feel like we've talked to a lot of women your age walking through your stage of life. Um, young, working mom, um, can still remember college. I don't really feel like I even remember college Sure, it feels anymore. like a long, long time ago because yeah. it was really the better part of 30 years ago. That's, you, we are old. Mm-hmm. We are old. Um, no. So thank you for coming on. Yes. Well, we do. We really do appreciate you, Abby. And I've loved getting to know you. And um, we are grateful for all of you for listening to Embarrassment of Riches. Mm-hmm.